Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. I'm sorry to say I don't have a book review for today for the simple reason that recent books I've read haven't been good enough for me to say I would happily recommend you should buy them. I am reading a book right now, though, that I'm confident will make it onto our next episode for review. So I know I said this week would be a bit lighter, but I'm backtracking now, if that's okay. Reason being, on our recent Patreon Coven chat, we started randomly talking about how angels and demons are really said to be, which is nothing like they are depicted. We started talking about the Nephilim. It all got a bit ancient and deep, to be honest. And this is something I said I would look into on one of the future podcasts. After that, I felt with all that talk of demons, alongside a book I'm currently reading on the Golden Dawn and Kabbalah magic, I had to delve into this ancient goddess Lilith. I do love a dark goddess. I've always been fascinated with religion and mysticism since I was very young. At secondary school, I opted to take religious studies and this culminated in a random school holiday to Israel. I honestly have no idea how back in the 90s, my rowdy secondary school figured it would be a good idea to take a group of myself being one of the worst, from my all-girls school to such a holy country, but it happened. Um, yeah, some, they weren't all oiks, but yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. Some of my most amazing memories there involved visiting Nazareth, Bethlehem, being at Galilee, the Wailing Wall, staying overnight on the desert in a Bedouin tent, sitting out around a campfire, watching the most amazing starlit sky. There were like camels not far in their pen. Also, my finest moment there was being heckled, pretty much chased by a little man on a donkey who was calling me Rubia, which apparently means blonde. It could have been something totally different. That was the strangest moment of my life. I've always been fascinated with the ancient mysticism and being in Israel was so wild as I was only 13 I wasn't exactly someone that really took my studies seriously, but the magnitude of being there in places written about in 
ancient mystical text wasn't lost on me. I really found it deeply moving and one of my real first like spiritual experiences. The more and more I delve into deeper levels of witchcraft, you cannot escape how much different religions and witchcraft encroach on one another. We see that time and time again on the podcast episodes that we have, which you might find as we delve into Lilith today. I never plan the topics of our podcast. Something always comes up that feels like something I need to cover. Maybe something in my life or someone I know. And this time around, it was about independence and freedom. I recognized recently, these are two of the things that I love the most in my life over anything else. They're really like driving force for me. I recognize they are a lot of my why for why I do certain things in my life. I am by no means able to have those entirely, but, and I wouldn't want to either, but I always feel drawn to independence. So that brings me to the fact that I would absolutely love to have a healthy romantic relationship. It's One of the things that I'm just not very good at, I always feel put off having a relationship as I love my independence and freedom, which, you know, well, it doesn't sound silly. Like, trust me, I love seeing people in relationships and I wish I had that. And maybe it's as a result of having less than ideal relationships before. But I often think I gravitate towards the lone witch in the cottage ideal or the vulvas that you know, might have had a little mess about with someone. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to have a dalliance with a Viking, but goes back to living on her own. You can absolutely have an amazing relationship. I would love to have that and be independent in some form. I just haven't navigated that yet. This made me very drawn to Lilith, much as it has along the same themes with the dark goddesses I work with, so the Morrigan and Hecate. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So Lilith, since the beginning, has been associated with chaos, sexuality, and witchcraft. Lilith is a dark goddess with incredible beauty, power, charisma, and persuasion. She encompasses the night and is the mistress of darkness. She's able to bend and shift the darkness and stillness of night. 
She encompasses the spectrum of divine feminine energies and has many sides to her. Lilith is said to be a wonderful goddess to work with if you need to take back your power to help us embrace both our darkness and our light equally and to stop playing it small. She can help you become your true independent self, have the ability to think for yourself, have your own mind and unlock your hidden power that helps you become a stronger version of you. She is a goddess of freedom. Lilith is an ancient, powerful, ever-present deity and it's said that you need to be serious about working with her if you wish to and that she is picky about who she aids and protects. But once you are considered her daughter or son, she will take you under her wing and be protective and nurturing. Lilith is a woman who owned her power and bucked society's standards, yet was demonised and distorted. She's said to be a deity to work with who isn't for the faint-hearted, that you should get to know her intimately before you attempt to work with her or invoke her power, as her energy is particularly strong and often unpredictable. She has a mysterious, dangerous side, but she is also motherly, protective, and sits neither within specifically the light or the dark. She is the night and the day, life and death, the darkness and the light, and rage and love. Somewhat shrouded in mystery, much is known of her, and in some senses, little at all. She is seen as a goddess, but also has been viewed as a demon or succubus. Lilith is the female demon associated with storms, believed to be the bringer of misfortune and death. The figure of Lilith initially appears in a set of demons and spirits linked to the wind and the storm, as is the case in the Sumerian religiosity of Lilith around 3000 BC. Her name originates from the ancient Syrian and Babylonian names Lily and Lilithu, which translates to wind spirit or female demon. Long before she was seen as Adam's first wife, she can be traced back as far as the shamanic periods all around the globe as a female primeval feminine demon. The female demon archetype can be seen as the personification of everything dangerous and unknown to early humans, including darkness, unknown territory and lands, unknown wild animals, unknown other tribes, and even unknown technology and knowledge. Anything unknown before it manifests into order can be said to exist in the womb of the female demon Lilith archetype. In essence, she is chaos itself, and chaos predates and is the origin of existence and the perceived order within it as we know it. Since every magical tradition that is preserved today is a derivation of the shamanic era tribal cultures, almost every magical tradition has some form of worship of the female demon Lilith archetype. The earliest known female demon in a civilization, however, can be traced back to ancient Sumeria, which according to historians is the cradle of human civilization in the epics of Gilgamesh. 
So I know we talked about this briefly before and had to remind myself, but the Epic of Gilgamesh is an epic poem from ancient Mesopotamia regarded as the earliest surviving notable literature and the second oldest religious text after the pyramid texts. During this period, much like the shamanic period, all diseases and destruction were attributed to the work of evil and malevolent spirits. One such spirit was Lilith. According to legend, the goddess Inanna found a sacred hulapu tree by the river Euphrat. <laughs> the goddess fancied furniture made of wood and so she brought it back to Europe with her, planted it in the courtyard and tended to it for over 10 years. Unfortunately, though, the tree was already withering due to invasion by malevolent spirits. A giant serpent had built its lair among the roots of the tree, while the Anzu bird, which is a kind of monster in Mesopotamian religions, had built its nest at the crown of the tree. In the centre, the female de demon Lilith had made her house. This was conceived as a metaphor for all three realms. And I know we've discussed this a lot in recent episodes. So the underworld, our world and heaven being infested by malevolent spirits. Inanna then sought the help of Gilgamesh, who with his bronze axe slayed the serpent and scared away both the Anzu bird and Lilith. Lilith fled off into the wilderness and disappeared. and She was known to dwell there ever since. Gilgamesh can be then seen as the harbinger of order and structure in ancient Sumeria from this story. This is said to be really important because if you put yourself in the shoes of a denizen of ancient Sumeria, it is easy to see why structure and order becomes very important. And we take the structure and order in our modern world and life for granted. Being one of the earliest civilizations that built cities and the very concept of order being new, as opposed to wildernesses that surrounded their cities, the bringer of order would then have been heroic and godlike beyond belief. Chaos and hence Lilith would have gotten increasingly demonized for this very reason. And as you can see, the story that connects a tree, a serpent and lily fleeing into the wilderness isn't new or unique to the Abrahamic traditions at all. In post-Sumerian Babylonian culture, with the Akkadian literature too, Lilith appears, though both in masculine and feminine forms. Here, Lilu is the masculine form, while Lilithu and Lily is the feminine. She's also depicted with the hands of Inanna. As the hand of Inanna, Lilith was notorious for bringing men from the street and fields of war to Inanna's temple for holy sexual rites, in which the intention was to civilise the people. The sacred sexual customs were in fact considered the greatest gift of Inanna. Lilith is also associated with Arishkagal, also known as Akala and Alatu, who is the Mesopotamian queen of the dead who rules the underworld. Her name translates as queen of the great below or lady of the great place. She was responsible for both keeping the dead within her realm and preventing the living from entering and learning the truth of the afterlife. 
Lilith appears heavily in Jewish mythology, yet her power and presence, of course, stem much further back than here. In many Hebrew sources, she is seen as a night hag or demon, and her name in Hebrew is synonymous with night monster or screech owl. In medieval Jewish lore, the alphabet of Sirach, Lilith is biblical Adam's first wife before Eve. Lilith and Adam were said to be created from the earth's clay and she his equal. In the Dark Ages, Jewish religious writers further developed the story with Isaac Althasi, a Jewish theologian, writing that Lilith refused to submit to being Adam's inferior. Adam and Lilith were said to have an independent existence and were made to coexist in a relationship with one another. The relationship didn't last long as Lilith refused to take orders from Adam and to lay with him when he wanted, although other accounts I read state that Adam raped Lilith. One account I read of reported by Ben Sears Alphabet, this gets so confusing, and according to what is written in other texts, such as the Sefer Ha-Zahar and the Book of Splendor, Lilith did not accept being made to procreate, being silent and being Adam's companion. Good for her. On the contrary, she wanted to stand up to him and dominate him. She is said to have said, I will not stay under you. And he said, and I will not lie under you, but only above. For you, it is only suitable to be below while I am made to be above. Adam's attitude caused Lilith outrage and fury to the point that she decided to invoke God, calling his name out loud. This was considered a disrespectful act, apparently, especially if performed by a woman and led to the immediate punishment of the first woman who was sent away from Edom. There are at least three versions of Lilith's fate outside Eden. The first tells that she was confined to the caves of the Red Sea, where she would still live, dedicating herself to pagan rites in full harmony with nature. The second version, on the other hand, says she was the lover of every demon in the world. In essence, once she left the Garden of God, she would have lain with the demons present on earth to prove that she did not need divine grace. This version, however, would be forced and is not very valid for the followers of Lilith, who point out that since there are only two human beings on a still pure earth, there certainly could not be many demons. A third version says that Lilith could be allowed to return to Eden as long as she became the protector of all newborns. Lilith, however, saw it as an affront. Taking care of children, not her own, would be a punishment. It seems, therefore, that she went far away until she was said to meet the demon Asmodeus. Between the two was an instant love, or at least it was something that resembled it. It seems that they chose each other as companions and that Lilith gave birth to many Lilim or demon children, also called Jinn. At this point, it seems that once, a God, like once again, God tried to bring her back. He commissioned three angels, Senoi, Sansanoi and Semangeloth to look for her. The three, however, did not use the right strategy. They ordered her to return by threatening her with her death. 
but she replied that she could not return to Adam after having had a relationship with a demon and that she would never be able to die because she became immortal. At that point, the angels told her that they would kill all of her children. She said that if that were the case, she would have reserved the same fate for any child of Adam. Finally, she begged the three angels to leave, saying that she would live far from her former partner and that in the future, just naming the names of the angels would be enough to appease her wrath against any human descendants. Lilith was, of course, replaced by Adam with the subordinate and calm Eve, created out of Adam's own rib. Eve would easily listen to and subordinate herself to Adam, and they both fell in love easily. She had no independent existence of her own, unlike Lilith, so falling in love was like Adam falling in love with himself anyways. In Abrahamic versions of events, they made Eve the caretaker of the new generation of human beings, and Lilith was the devourer, claiming she stole babies and devoured them. There's so many different versions and different stories relating to Lilith, so take what you will in regards to her story. It's easy to understand how the primeval feminine force was feared in the Abrahamic traditions. They were viewed as dark, chaotic, and these aspects were thought of as needing to be repressed and put into subjugation under some form of masculine order. So here are a few areas you might want to work on spells and magic involving Lilith. So you might want to work on improving sexual relationships, creating balanced relationships, healing sexual trauma, asserting independence and women's rights, fighting patriarchy, oppression, sexism placed on women, boosting self-confidence and sensuality, to gain respect or recognition for contributions, Exploring or awakening your sexuality, especially if experiencing low libido. Sex magic. Healing or managing menstrual issues or working menstrual magic. Working with the feminine shadow self or healing feminine shadow issues. Reclaiming your personal power and strengthening your voice. Handling or managing premenopause, perimenopause, or menopause symptoms, and feminine reproductive issues. So I went really deep down the rabbit hole and I read that many have tried to summon Lilith to do their bidding or to engage with her in like an intimate relationship. And it said that often spirits of a vampiric or like low level entities will come through and refer to themselves as Lilith. And also it said that most witches don't have the power to summon such an ancient primal deity like Lilith, which sounds like a challenge, let alone have her do their bidding. But I haven't tried it myself, so I can't pass comment. But some examples I read of how you should know if something has attached itself to you acting as a deity are... If this Lilith, in inverted commas, you've contacted, asks to enter your body, it's likely not Lilith the goddess. The spirit has become violent, again, not Lilith. 
This spirit you've attracted wants a multitude of offerings and your undying attention, again, not Lilith. You've gone down a dark path, drugs, alcohol abuse, toxic situations, that's not Lilith's fault. And you're experiencing nightmares, sleep paralysis, night terrors. Again, this is not Lilith, the goddess. It's said that if you do work with Lilith as a divine deity, rather than a demon or vampiric spirit, you will know it's her in your presence in the following ways. She respects your body as your own sacred space. The real Lilith doesn't need offering after offering every single day beyond what you can and want to give. She will teach you important and sometimes painful lessons without causing you this pain. So hello, shadow work. You won't find yourself going down a dark path, but a path of enlightenment and transformation. Nightmares and sleep paralysis do not come in conjunction with visions or dreams of Lilith. And lastly, she'll never be violent towards you. So it's worth me saying I would never want to summon what I wouldn't know how to banish. But should you ever find yourself dealing with a lower level spirit haunting your life, you might want to do a banishing. So a full cleansing of your home and self, then place some powerful wards around your property and perhaps enchanting an item you wear for protection. It's said that you should also consider anything negative that's in your life that could be this feeding this spirit too. So I came across a lot in regards to demons working on this episode and discovered Lilith's N. So a demon's N is a chant or a mantra that is said to be powerful and apparently used by some who work with Lilith. Ends are sentences in an unknown demonic language of invitation, admiration, or requests for protection for particular demons. No one's out here inviting you to summon demons. Don't come for me, lol. But I did think that that was quite interesting. And Lilith's N is apparently Renich Vyasa Avaj Lilith Lyrak. And we all know that there's no way that I will successfully summon her because I can never pronounce anything correctly. (laughs) So some ways to build a relationship with Lilith. So you can read up on Lilith in many books on Jewish folklore, through to Babylonian archaeology, through to the Epic of Gilgamesh. You might want to place her sigils on your altar. Her sigil can be used as a starting point if you've never connected to her before. But it's said that sooner or later, she will most likely reveal to you unique ways to connect to her, including presenting unique sigils to you. So this was quite interesting in general. So I read that sigils of deities can be used in the following ways. So you might want to meditate on it directly by placing it in front of you to build a long-term resonance with it. You might want to use the sigil for elaborate summoning or invocation rituals. So looking at it and getting into a state of trance using an appropriate method. Also using prayers and mantras to charge and activate the sigil. 
So on your altar, you might wish to use the colours black and red, mirrors and plants, her name or symbol or sigils, images of her, also the symbols of the owl, the Hamza or hands in general, stars or images of outer space due to the night sky being her domain, art made in her honour. She was a popular muse of Michelangelo and Dante Gabriel Rossetti. Also images of dogs, snakes and dragons. Lilith is said to have a love for mirrors and an old superstition is of women who looked into the mirror for too long becoming possessed by Lilith's spirit. But don't let this old legend phase you. However, mirror scrying is a great way to connect with Lilith. You might want to dedicate a mirror for scrying and to communicate with her. Lilith's known as a spirit of the wind, so you might want to work with the air element in your practice as a way to harness her wild energy. You could do this by making or just burning incense smoke and cloud scrying, perhaps some storm magic working with the energy of the wind. Lilith is also seen as a goddess of the moon and the waning and dark moon phase are said to be her favourite phases. So you might want to work with these phases specifically. In karmic astrology and therefore in the zodiac, Lilith represents the black moon, the darkest sides of the human being. So the term black moon refers to an additional new moon that appears in a month or in a season. So here is a dark moon Lilith invocation you might wish to use if you do decide to work with her. So within a properly cast circle, light two candles, one black and one white. You might wish to use the following words or craft your own. I invoke the goddess Lilith. I call you ancient one. I invoke you, creator and destroyer, whose face is bright on the right side and black on the left. Come forth to me and light your incense here. Enter my circle. I summon you with the power of your name. Lilith, mother of shadow, come to me. Reveal the wisdom of the night. Let my spirit enter the dark side of the moon. So Lilith's name is synonymous with the screech owl in Hebrew and the owl is one of her sacred animals. She is said to manifest in the form of a great owl. So you might opt to depict the owl on your altar in her honour. Aspects of the healthy Lilith archetype include accepting the body as it naturally is and letting it do what it does, honouring and trusting instinct over what one is told or shown, honouring and letting a primal rawness come out and willing to leave situations that are not fair or do not work in order to gain, maintain or re-establish self-respect. So some offerings that you can make for Lilith include lilies, frankincense, dragon's blood, wine, tea, aphrodisiacs, roses, pomegranates, hibiscus, nettle, almond, mugwort, hazel, moonwort, mistletoe, juniper, pumpkin, gourd, beetroot, white and red sandalwood, lime, hemlock, cocoa, weeping willow, dragonwort, 
nightshade, which is of course poisonous, amaranth, cinnamon, chrysanthemum, rosemary, saffron, belladonna, again poisonous, hemlock, again poisonous. So crystals she said to like are moonstone, aventurine, aquamarine, ruby, diamonds, obsidian, onyx, jet, topaz, garnet, tiger's eye, bloodstone, tourmaline and amber. Colours she said to like are black, purple, orange, gold, red, magenta, dark pink, blood red, silver, dark grey. So on a witchcraft website, I will put some details in the, I think it could have been tarot pugs, stated that the best days to work with her are Wednesday and Friday. So on a Friday from just before sunset to the first three stars in the sky on Saturday evening, this is Shabbat in Judaism. So depending on your belief, cultural background, or how you modernize the Jewish creation story, you might decide to honor her that way due to the links that she has to the Jewish creation story, or not, it might seem heretical. So you choose whether Lilith can be honored before or after Shabbat. It's completely dependent on your belief. This is a personal choice and only taking into consideration the cultural history and origin of Lilith. Again, you know, I don't think Lilith is someone that I'm going to be working with myself. I've already got deities I work with, but it's up to you. You might decide to work with her on a Monday with it being linked to the moon. So the best times of day to work with her are said to be the witching hour. So this can mean midnight or the time between 3am and 4am. For me, like my definition of the witching hour is 3am. I don't know if I'd be brave enough to stay out till then to do some work. I'm not entirely sure. And her sacred days are said to be Beltane because of the sexual theme of the holiday, October 24th. Some sources state this day as the day Lilith left the Garden of Eden and also as a Sumerian holiday to mark the end of the harvest. Also, February 29th, which is a leap year every four years. So check that it's like, well, obviously, but like you'd have to check which year that it falls in. This is said to be the day when women can be loose, free to break traditional norms and ask men out on dates. So may not be so applicable in modern times because, you know, not all us women are asking men out on dates. We might be asking other women out on dates, but can, in a sense, be a liberating day for full frightness and breaking social limitations placed on women. So here is a prayer for Lilith that, again, you might wish to use. Lilith, mother of women, show me the way, be my guide to be unleashed, free, empowered, heart, body, soul, and magic, so be it. And I found an amazing Lilith tarot spread online. I didn't like all the questions, so simplified it down to four that you might want to pull cards on. So card one is, how can I assert my independence more effectively? Card number two, how can I become more creative in my life or work? 
Card number three, how can I embrace the darker elements within me to become more powerful in my life or work? And card number four, what message does Lilith have for me? And I had to finish up this episode with a quote I saw, which is that said, always be Lilith, never Eve. And I couldn't agree more. (laughs) That's all I have for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I just want to say thank you for recent podcast reviews that have come through. I love hearing from you. So yes, if you are able to leave me a podcast review, I'd be so grateful. It means that more witches can find the show. If you enjoy this podcast and you want some more content, you might want to sign up to my Patreon, the White Witch Coven. There'll be some details in the show notes. I've also published a book, The White Witch's Book of Healing. Again, I'll put some details in the show notes if you are interested in reading that. Have a great week, witches. Catch up with you all soon. Lots and lots of witchy love. Witchy love.